Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Okay, so this series, this episode specifically, and our birth series is about starting a family. And when you think about being parents, you think about taking care of your children, right? And obviously that's with time and attention, but it's also financially. And one of the best things that we've found to build a legacy and really create a financial barricade around your family is this financial vehicle and instrument called infinite banking. And we did a podcast episode specifically on that, but it's basically setting up your own bank for your own family. It is pretty much a guaranteed 5 to 6% dividend, but it is, and it's also life insurance, whole life insurance, but it allows you access to it. I can't get into all the details, but we're going to drop a link in the show notes for a webinar on what infinite banking is and the podcast episode we did on it. And if you're interested, connect with us and we can connect you to our infinite banker. So today's episode is brought to you by Barry Brooksby and infinite banking, how to protect your family financially. Now let's get to the episode. Ooh, I am excited for today's interview. If you have been tuning in, this is part of the seven-part series. Two weeks ago, Wade and I shared our birth story and kind of our whole journey leading up to having our sweet baby girl. Last week was an interview with Melanie, our midwife, and this week is an interview with our postpartum doula, Liza, and she's absolutely incredible. She is one of my favorite healers on the planet. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about her before you hear from her. So I hope I say her last name right, but Liza Ession is a postpartum doula. She does so many things. That's just one of the things. But Liza's been on a 22-year journey discovering the powerful wisdom embedded within the female body. Her experience as both a practitioner as well as a mother gives her a deep understanding of the need for mother-centered care. This journey has included experience working as a birth and postpartum doula, massage therapist, prenatal yoga instructor, as well as many years in the luxury spa industry. As a postpartum doula, Liza weaves in her extensive experience in the hospitality industry, focusing on the deep tending of others along with her experience as a postpartum mother to offer a multifaceted approach. And let me tell you guys, it's so unique and so healing. I mean, truly. Liza has an intuitive and holistic mindset in holding space for mothers and their families. She provides a nourishment of the physical and spiritual body, which allows mothers to care for and nourish their babies from their center. She believes with her whole being, if we honor and carefully hold mothers in this sacred transition into motherhood, we can begin to heal the greater human collective. Mm. So with that said, I'm so excited to welcome Liza to the show. This has been one of my favorite interviews so far. It's so real. It's so deep. I so wish that everyone really listens to this and understands this. And as you listen, who do you know that needs to hear this? Who do you need to send this to? So let's take it away. All righty. I am delighted 
to be welcoming on my dear friend, Liza. First of all, Liza, I love you. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. For everyone listening, I have been looking forward to this interview so much. Liza has played a huge role in my postpartum healing journey. And I'm such a believer that people don't come into your life by accident. And I met her through a friend when I was 37 weeks pregnant. And when I met her, I was like, what do you do? Who are you? How do I have you in my life? Like, I was just like attracted to her in a way of feeling like this woman's meant to be part of my healing journey. Like she is the way I think of Liza. Like if I had to think of one word, it's like Liza is a healer. Like that's just how I think of you. So I am so excited to have you here. I know that whatever we talk about today is going to help a lot of people and open people's eyes to how we look at kind of the postpartum journey. And I would love to just open it up and have you share a little bit, Liza, about who you are. Like, who is Liza? How did you get to where you are? Whatever's on your heart, whatever needs to come out. I want people to get to feel the warmth of Liza that I love so much. Thank you, Sandy. <laughs> so yeah, I um, started my work in birth and pregnancy and postpartum like 22 years ago. And really it was my sister and her first pregnancy with my nephew. And I used to massage her and then I started like playing with my nephew and he would like poke back at me. And I mean, I was like 20 at the time and I was, my mind was blown at the magic of what happens when a woman is pregnant. And um, also just like how amazing it is that the baby was so responsive. And so that really was the spark that got me onto this journey. And I soon after that went to massage therapy school, and then I studied specifically prenatal massage. And then I've just had this twisty turny path. Like I've tried all kinds of things. I went to culinary school for a little while. I did a doula training for birth when I was in my early twenties as well, which was also very um, heart opening and really um, enticing to want to really dig deeper into all of this work. And then I needed to grow up a little bit, you know, I needed to kind of just like live life and find out who I was, but I've always had this mindset of trusting our bodies, especially women, that what we need is inside of us. And um, I've always been very much into healthy eating and just having that connection with ourselves, knowing that we can heal ourselves. And so I've held that seed with me through lots of different aspects of my life. And then I started working in spas and I actually ran um, a few luxury spas in this area, which I think helped me kind of elevate my presence of who I am and how I show up and how I care for others. Mm. And then I had my first baby and I loved being pregnant. I had a home birth and it was a long one. It was like 26 hours long and it was intense, but it was the most beautiful spiritual experience that I've ever had in my entire life. And the experience of being surrounded by my mom and my midwife and my doula and my husband and just like bringing forth this baby was such a miraculous experience. And I remember the day after I had her, someone was like, oh my gosh, 26 hours. Would you do that again? And I was like, absolutely. Hands down. I cannot wait to have another baby. Wow. Then fast forward four days and I was a 
huge mess. I, my, my boobs hurt because my milk had just come in. My butt hurt because I had hemorrhoids. Like I like didn't even know what to do with. And I felt like my vagina had just like had an explosion. And I remember crying to my mom, just being like, mom, like, why am I so miserable? Like every time my daughter latches, like it hurts and cringing. Like I just feel miserable. And my mom was like, we have those sits baths. Like, like she like instantly jumped into like, okay, we need to like bring in some practices here, you know? And I'm so grateful for that. Cause that was like a turning point for me after those first few days of just being super raw. But I, afterwards I realized I'm like, we can do better. Like we do not have to suffer like this. And I remember talking to my midwife, um, at like my six week appointment or something. And just saying, you know, why don't you prepare us more for postpartum? Like so much of the focus is on how to birth our babies and how to be powerful in that, which is very important. Obviously it's one of the biggest things that we'll do with our bodies in our entire life, but we are moms afterwards. We've birthed ourselves. We've birthed our babies. And then everybody just wants to hold your baby. And it's like, what about me? I'm brand new too, you know? And so when I asked the midwife that she says, Oh, we just don't really want to scare anybody. And I was like, that's the reason why I wanted to know this. So I didn't have to be caught off guard. And I feel that that experience, it, it activated something in me that I was like, I want to put my energy into this space because, um, I know that we can do better. And I know that our ancestors did a lot better, you know, living in the village, you had your mom, your auntie, your grandma, your cousins, everybody all wrapped around the mother, making sure that she had her nutritious foods. She had her body work. She had someone to care for the baby when she needed to rest. Like she had all the components of what we need now. And because we live in such a, um, segregated society and we're trying to all do it alone, it, it doesn't work. And, um, so next I actually did a yoga teacher training and I get that that was also me coming back into my body. Cause I think that once after we have our babies, we're so open and exposed and raw in so many ways that, um, actually coming back into our body with our breath and with movement and connection is, um, such a beautiful way to be able to be in our postpartum. And then after that, I had another baby and I was so focused this time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have the most intentional, beautiful postpartum. So I was aware enough to know that I wanted it to be different, but it was seven years ago. And I don't feel like there was as much of an awareness of postpartum doulas and people that were available. And plus I had my mom and I had my mother-in-law. And so I was like, okay, as long as I can hold the intention that it's going to be better, it'll be great. Well, then it happened that my husband, like during that time of postpartum was a really intense time of work for him. And I'll never forget, like our refrigerator went out and I'm here I am like 10 days postpartum. My boobs are leaking all over the place. Like I'm bleeding. Like I'm just so, and I'm like in Sears shopping for a refrigerator because my husband like couldn't do it. And I just remember my mom was here. She like had the baby out in the car. And I remember going back and just bawling my eyes out. Like, this is not how it should have been. You know, I was so sad, but I get now like looking back, I needed to have those like raw experiences of me not knowing fully like what to do and how to care for myself to really push myself to go find 
okay, how can we do this better? And through that, I found Innate Traditions. And um, Innate Traditions is a woman, Rochelle, and she offers these trainings that um, basically are for all of us to remember how to care for women and that postpartum really should be mother-centered care. So there's a lot of people that want to care for it and can care for babies, but when we actually care for the mother, then the baby is going to thrive. But if the mother is not thriving, the baby is not going to thrive. And so when I took her training, it was like a five day training um, in person in Taos, New Mexico. And they have the most amazing land that when you step onto their land, like you can feel that that there's a power of healing and our ancestors are there. And so she shared her wisdom in the most amazing way. And I feel like it just kind of like cracked open a part of me that was like, yes, this is it. Like, this is my deepest knowing of how to care for women. And the most amazing thing about it is, is that she developed like a core concept and a core training that we all got. But then she's like, we all need to find within ourselves what it is that how, how we can offer this work to women and how we can show up in our community. And so I like went on a little bit of a discovery within myself of like, okay, how, how does this, what does this look like? And so I started offering medicinal food preparation. So um, being able to honor the mother with um, deeply nutritious foods that are easy to digest and are able to really provide that comfort that the mom needs. And I love to cook and it's like a fun kind of therapeutic experience for myself. And I pray over the food and I, you know, I want to just make sure that like the best of love and intention is put into all the food that I make. And then I started realizing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many like things along my journey that I can bring into this. So it's like my experience with massage therapy, you know, I provide body service or body work for everybody. Um, and then it's like my yoga, okay, breathing, everything is, is all tied in to be able to bring the woman back into her body. Cause I think that after we have our babies, there's this saying that when we're giving birth, we travel into the stars to collect our baby and bring it back. And I think that we're still kind of away for a while afterwards. And in the processing of the birth is when we start to kind of come back into, you know, this space and this realm. And um, it takes those practices to be able to, to do that. So I, it's, every client is different, which is so fascinating to me. And I think that this is what truly like makes my work, my work is that I follow my intuition with how I need to show up for any of the moms and some moms they're like, I just want food. I have my family here. And it's like, okay, that's great. Other moms are like, I want you here three days a week. I want massages every day. I want vaginal steams every day. And I want anything and everything that you can provide. And I think it's beautiful that so many women now are starting to wake up to this understanding of what does postpartum care really look like for me? You know, like, there's an understanding, I think, of like postpartum care for the baby of like, okay, like a night nurse or someone that just comes and like helps with the baby. And then the mom can kind of do the things that she needs to do. But really, I think that where the health of 
the future of all moms and for children is like someone coming and tending, like truly tending to the mother. Mm. And that's how I like to show up in my work. And I think for me, what works the best is really kind of witnessing and understanding what's happening on a spiritual perspective rather than just the physical perspective and combining both because both are very important. Understanding the physical part through my different modalities and then diving into the spiritual usually kind of help alleviate some of what's happening on the outside because we get to the root of it. And I think that that's what we all really, really need. And it's a scary place to be, but you really can get so much from, from working in that space. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like you have so, so many things that led you to where you are now. And it's such a beautiful like journey that brought you here. But when I reflect on like how you really helped me, I feel like it was this beautiful combination of so many things. Like you said, you're very like intuitive with kind of how to love on the mother and what they need. And I felt like it's funny because early postpartum days, I've almost like blocked a lot of it out. And it wasn't that long ago. It was only nine months ago, but must be like a protective mechanism. But for sure, I, I do remember you coming over. I think it was at least a couple of times a week, like the first six or seven weeks or so. And, mm -hmm. um, just holding that space for me. And you'd be like, how are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm not okay today or whatever. And I told you some of the deepest things about my childhood and my upbringing and my mom and all these mother wounds and so intentional about wanting to break generational curses and like being like this stuff ends now. Like, I don't want my daughter to feel these things. And you just held that space for me. And I just felt like, like I have best friends in the world that I've never like talked about some of that stuff with, but like, I felt safe going there with you because you're just this, you just protect the energy in a way that feels so comforting and safe. So mm -hmm. I'm eternally grateful for that. Yeah. So I want to talk through like some of the things that we did together that I'd like never heard of. Mm -hmm. Um, like you mentioned before, like vaginal steaming, we also did like a bone closing ceremony. There were different things that we did. And I remember you educating me on the first 40 days, the fourth trimester. Um, I really honored like the five, 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 like five days in the bed, five days on the bed, five days around the bed. I really didn't leave my house at all for the first probably like month and a half or two with the exception of like, I thought I broke my tailbone. So I went and got x-rays one day. But other than that, like I didn't leave my house. I was very protective of who was allowed in my house just because they felt like the energy was so fragile. And aside from you and my sister and a handful of like close family members, I, people were not allowed to come hold the baby. Like I was like, that's not what this is about. Like and I felt very safe, like talking to you about that stuff. And you made me feel like it was normal. Whereas some people would be like, I'm so worried about you. Like, you won't let me come hold the baby. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> so I want to kind of go there and talk about like, I don't know what the best order is to talk about those things, but in thinking about like a new client and coming to their home, freshly postpartum, like, how do you think about that? I guess. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is really just like walking into your home and treating it as a sacred space and knowing that like this portal that's been opened in your family is so divine and so amazing that I'm 
deeply honored to walk into it and to be able to be a part of it. And I want to be able to come in in the most peaceful way that honors where you are at. And, and it's truly from my heart because I know that you're so open and you're so vulnerable and you're so sensitive. And I want to be someone that's in there as like an anchor for that and not someone that's going to like activate, you know, some of the sensitivities. So being able to just sit with you, I mean, I think for the first, the first time we were there, we just sat and talked and you cried. And I think I even cried with you, you know, and like, for me, it's just kind of an observation of like, okay, how is she? Like, where is she? Like, what's going on, you know, and talking about your birth and the things that, you know, went as you had hoped and the things that didn't go as you had hoped and being able to just have you talk, because I think we heal so much by listening to ourselves talk and, and process. And, you know, sometimes I offer, you know, an insight that I might see as like a zoomed out perspective from things, but often it's really just holding that space for you as the new mom to be who you need to be. Because I think what happens a lot of times when people don't protect that space right after birth is there's lots of people coming in and then you feel like, oh, I have to be the hostess or I need to think of others or other people's opinions. They they mean the best, but they just keep coming and infiltrating in like what's happening. And when you don't have that kind of like gatekeeper to keep all those outside energies from influencing you, it becomes very confusing and very overwhelming, you know? And so being able to have that space created for for you as a new mom to just sit with your boobs out if you need to and not have to worry about like who's going to walk in the room, you know, and talk about like what is going on because you have a brand new body, you know, and it's like, okay, how can I, and I loved Sandy, like you were so comfortable in your new mama body. Like it was so beautiful to witness that like you were just who you were, you know, there wasn't any sort of like self-consciousness that, that was there, but a lot of moms have to work through that and like being able to just be a person that shows up and is like, I see you as your most divine, beautiful self that you don't have to have, you know, insecurities like in my presence. Mm. Um, you definitely made me feel safe too. Cause there are worse, maybe certain people, even though I was very protective of who was allowed in and out, there's definitely certain people where you're like, Oh, I just heard the front door. Okay. Let me go get my robe on yes. and waddle over there versus like with you. I'm like, Oh, thank God lies is here. I can cry and bleed and breastfeed and nothing matters. She can see yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, I'm pretty sure you said this to me. It's like everything like melded together, but, um, I remember like sobbing to you about how I had so much embarrassment and shame and just like, I was so like defeated and like, I don't even know the right word. It's a really toxic, negative emotion that I was feeling about transferring to the hospital after being at home for a full day and like believing for and seeing so clearly in my mind, this home birth and deciding to transfer. Cause I was just so tired and like having that acceptance for myself that I did like what I needed and like honoring that. And you said something that was like about how the way our babies come into the world, teach us how to mother them. And that like totally changed my perspective. Like you were like something around, you know, with 48 hours of like active labor and like pushing for four hours and like ending up 
at the hospital, which I have total peace with now. I'm like, it's okay. Everything happens the way that it happened, but in the moment and so raw and so fresh and like comparing to other friends that were having home births, like all around me, like as if it wasn't even a big deal, I really went inward on like, what is wrong with me that I couldn't accomplish that? Like I'm someone, when I put my mind to it, I, I typically do it no matter how hard it is. And so then I really started questioning, like, am I as powerful as I think I am? And then I really had to question, why was this so important to me? Almost like this ego, like, is it because I want other people to perceive me as like, Ooh, she's this powerful, like warrior woman that could like give birth in her bedroom and like, didn't need outside assistance. Like, and so you said something about how the way we birth our children is teaching us how to mother them. And what I really got out of that when I reflected was like, wow, in my birth, my daughter was teaching me to have patience and flexibility because I'm not typically a patient person and I'm not typically flexible. Sandy likes to have things done her way. She can be very controlling. She can be very bossy. These are all opportunities of growth for me. And in birth, it really like broke that down to me. And sh- it was almost like envisioning her, her adult self, my daughter looking at me. And it's almost like, she's telling me ahead of time, 20 years ahead of time, mom, for us to have a healthy, thriving mother daughter relationship. I'm telling you now you're going to have to have flexibility and patience with me. And it was like, she was telling me that like, as she like entered into this world. And you said something about that, that like really changed my perspective from like shame and negativity and sadness to being like, that was the first lesson that my daughter taught me. Absolutely. Yeah. They, all of the babies bring us gifts and usually they're a mirror in front of our face, (laughs) looking at the things that maybe aren't really our best, like uh, not us showing up as our best selves, you know, and it's so hard to accept these things, but usually once we are able to zoom out from them, we can have perspective and we can, you know, be appreciative. But I mean, a lot of times how we birth is how we show up in life. And you were in labor for 48 hours. Like you are a warrior. I mean, you pushed through some major layers that were so amazing, you know, and our babies have already written in their story. I think of like how they need to come through. And it's like such an an incredible experience that it's like how they need to come through and how you need to come through. And if we can just trust that that process is supposed to be the way that it is, then I mean, that's how we are able to powerfully like be in ourselves, right? Like it's, you still were able to choose powerfully how you labored for all of those hours. You chose, you know what? I do think as much as this is killing me right now, I know that I need to actually go to the hospital, but it would be different, Sandy, if somebody was telling you, no, now you have to do this. Now you have to do this. Now you have to do this because you still stayed in your power even though you were tired and, you know, maybe you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I would have changed this or that or whatever, but it's all a part of the story of you becoming like who you need to be, you know? And I think that especially in your position where you do influence so many people and you are very vulnerable, you know, putting yourself out there, which is the most amazing thing, but we still do have ego, right? Like yeah. you put yourself out there that it was going to be like this and look like this. And then it's just like, no, it wasn't. Not. Yeah. <laughs> There's some humbling, you know, some humble sandwich that you need to eat sometimes. And yeah. also I remember the other really big thing too, that was so powerful 
as I told you, like, because you told me that you were a puddle after um, seeing a girlfriend, like beautiful home birth on Instagram. And I remember saying to you, you got to turn it off. You know, like, I know this is your livelihood and this is your way that you are out in the world, but like, now's the time you need to just come inside because we compare ourselves to so many other people and so many other experiences. And all of that is just taking us away from our center. It takes us away from our ability to know who we are and to know how we need to move forward and to know how we need to parent and to know how we need to heal because we're just looking outside rather than like continuing to look inside. And that's part of, I feel like why a lot of babies choose me and mamas choose me to come into their life is for that reminder of like, who am I at my core? What's the most important and how can I show up for myself and my baby in the way that I need to without all the other outside influences? Mm, I love that you, I just got the chills when you reminded me of that. I forgot you were the motivator behind me, like shutting down social media for like a solid three months, which was so empowering, you know, like I love social media. I think it's a really positive, it can be very positive thing. Like I've made some great friends from it and anything that triggers me or that I don't like, I typically mute and I'm able to like shut that out. But postpartum, it was like a very, like everything triggered me, like everything. Oh my God. She's already doing that postpartum. Oh my God. She's already pregnant again. And her first baby is only this old. Oh my God. Like I was like any, everything I was seeing was like comparison. Everything was like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. Oh my gosh. That person's healing faster than me. That person's not having any problems, like all this stuff. And you were like, it's time to go like in your cocoon. And I was like, I don't know why I was scared to do that because I'm not, I don't have to do anything, but I think because I've shown up on social media, like consistently for probably a decade, I was like, Whoa, how is this going to like come across? Mm -hmm. But I was like, I don't fucking care how it comes across. Like I need to do this for me. And so I remember literally like changing my bio on Instagram and it said something about like, um, going inward. If you want family updates, you can follow wellness with Wade. That's my husband. Um, I'm fine. I just, I'm going to be snuggling my baby. And, and I literally, it was the best feeling ever. I literally deleted Instagram, Facebook, like all of it just got deleted. And I spent my days breastfeeding, reading, like eating, nourishing foods. Like I didn't work. I didn't show up on social media. I didn't have to like respond to anything. And it felt so good to be like, it really felt like, like as an entrepreneur, I feel like you don't really think of yourself as taking like a maternity leave, but I felt like I really like not even just work-wise, but just like social life-wise, like the only thing that mattered was my little family. And I have to thank you for that because I wouldn't have thought to do that if I wasn't in a crying puddle to you about how I was feeling. And you were like, why are you attached to social media? Just, you don't need it right now. It's not serving you. And I was like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a process, right? It's like a letting process, but how amazing is it that you're able nine months later to like have, you're so confident in like your motherhood. I think because those early days, you took the time to investigate your connection with your baby and how to be her mom. And you were really connected to her. Like, I mean, so many, and this isn't like to be judgmental, but so many people are breastfeeding and they're just looking at their phone, you know, and I did it too. So I'm not, you know, downing anybody for it, but like, 
our babies can see the furthest distance that they can see in the beginning is to our eyes because they're connecting with our souls like it's a soul connection and if we're looking away we're we're not giving them the messages that they need but when we're actually like present with them and connecting with them that connection is being established for life and it's such a gift to be able to give you and your baby that connection with each other and then you know you understand their cries in a different way, you know, yeah. their rhythms in a different way, you know, and it just becomes like this intuitive process that is so much more easeful and not that it doesn't still have its challenges and things showing up. And there's like lots of like trial and error, but you're, you just get it in a more, um, in a deeper way. And yeah. I think it's powerful. It was so special. Yes. One thing I also um, was just thinking about, about thinking about kind of how I come into the home, like I'm definitely paying attention to you and like your physical, emotional, spiritual like way. And I'm looking at the baby, obviously, too, and making sure they're thriving. But the other really important thing is I'm also looking at the dad and I, my biggest thing is just to make sure that the entire family unit is, is thriving. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I come in and the dad is like trying so hard to just like make sure that mom has what she needs and like baby and like, but the the dad is like spun out, you know, like he, and Wade wasn't like that, but like, I could tell there was a point where I'm like, you need to go work out, you know? And so like, then we got into this rhythm that when I came, like he would go work out and that's such an important component because if the dad is not in his center, he's not going to be able to show up for you in the way that you need to also, you know, and oftentimes that means like being able to step away and like get some fresh air or sunshine or workout or whatever it might be like being able to just kind of set down the load for even a half an hour Mm -hmm. so that that way, like they can come back in and and be, you know, who they need to be. And I think that uh, being able to look at the whole family unit is a really important component of postpartum for sure. I remember that. Um, I think I was seven or eight days postpartum and he hadn't worked out and Wade loves to work out. That's like his release. And you asked him, have you, have you gone to the gym? And he's like, no, I haven't left the house. Cause like, I had not been alone at all. Like Mm -hmm. I always had someone else adult there with me, not because I was like mentally scared that I would like hurt the baby or anything, but I just was like, so fragile. I was like, I just, I felt like I needed to double check everything. Like, am I doing this right? Like I constantly needed someone to like verify what I was doing. I don't know why, like, it's not hard to put a diaper on, but I'm just like, did we do it right? Is this right? Blah blah blah. And so you, you looked at him and you're like, have you worked out? And he's like, no, I haven't left the house. And you were like, you should go work out. And he was like, babe, is that okay with you? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, Liza's here. Just come back before Liza leaves. And he, went, he was like, thank you. And it was like the biggest, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> He's like out the door as fast as he could. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So can you talk to me about, cause I feel like that's kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people about like not leaving the mom. Like I feel like a lot of families and obviously everyone's dynamic is different, but a lot of times the partner's back to work a week or maybe two later and mama's on her own with the newborn. Like, I remember you kind of talking to me about that, about like the first 40 days and the fourth trimester. Like, can we talk a little bit about that? Cause I feel like a lot of that's a foreign concept to a lot of people. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, there's a whole idea that some people believe that actually a mom shouldn't be like left alone with her baby for the first six months. 
And just because you need that extra like layer of protection around you both, because there is such a instability, you know, on all levels within mom and baby that like having another person there at all times, just to make sure like you have all the things that you need. And then that way you can care for the baby in the way that you need to. And we're not set up to be like that. Like you say, most oftentimes it's like the first couple of weeks, usually there's somebody that's there. And um, it's, it's really great that if people can have that, but really like while you're pregnant, looking forward to be like, okay, how do we create this structure in such a way that our family is truly held? And so for the first 40 days, there's a lot of different actually practices in different cultures um, that really do take the sacred space of the first 40 days, or at least the first month afterwards. And that that time period um, is actually, if you're cared for and healing in a way that is productive and like perfect for your body, you're actually setting yourself up for the health of the rest of your life. And some people, some cultures say that like how your first 40 days is after pregnancy is how the next 40 years of your life is going to be. Wow. Which is so powerful and actually kind of puts a lot of pressure on. Like I, I remember when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have another baby. because <laughs> I, I need to like make sure that I'm setting myself up for success, you know? And there's also like some ideas too, that like there's three different rites of passage that we go through as women. The first is when we have our menarche or our first um, bleed and how we honor and care for our body during that time then sets us up for success of how we birth our babies and how we then honor our bodies in our postpartum time is then how we actually are setting ourselves up for success and help in our um, menopausal time. So those three kind of transitions in our body um, are sequential in our success and health of our bodies. So I, feel like um, I remember you telling me too, if you ever had a miscarriage, that's like a rite of passage too, right? Totally is. Cause I mean, it's, it's, it's a conception and a birth. And I, that, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on caring for ourselves after midcare or after um, a miscarriage, because a lot of times it's just kind of like swept underneath the carpet, but like our bodies know that we actually gave birth to a baby and it could be from early on or however, miscarriage, abortion, stillbirth, whatever it might be. Our bodies still are postpartum after that. And we still have all the same hormones running through our system. And if we, you know, don't pay attention to any of that, like we aren't setting ourselves up for success for a next, you know, pregnancy or whatever um, the next phase is in your life. And being able to really honor that is huge, not to mention the grieving part of it as well. You know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of grief in motherhood, you know, like not just if you have a miscarriage or whatever, but like even in a postpartum time, like you're grieving who you used to be. You're grieving all the things that you're giving up in order to give yourself fully to your child and being able to like feel that grief and like really cry and really like speak to it is such an important component. Mm. Um, and that's really actually what a lot of, I think the postpartum time period is that 40 days of, um, time is like really feeling into all the feelings that you're having, like allowing the energy to like move through your body in such a way that you're actually able to like process it and fully like, let it go. Cause I think a lot of what we're seeing with like postpartum depression and just like, you know, angst and motherhood is because that 
sacred space of that time after you have your baby is actually not like used in the most productive way of resting as much as you can rest, Mm. resting more than you think you ever could rest and like not feeling guilty for resting. Like if there's a time in your life to rest, it's right now after you have a baby, your body is healing, you know, and um, eating foods. So these are, these are like kind of the concept of the first 40 days. So rest, eating deeply nutritious foods that are going to be supportive of your digestive health. Because a lot of times, actually, after we give birth, any digestive health that may have been in our body, like before or during pregnancy is going to actually show up in um, a pretty strong way after we give birth, because our energy levels are much lower and it's our digestive fire is a lot more dim. And so if there's anything that's going on, it's going to surface during that time. So really nourishing your body with, with very good foods and like bone broths and soups and putting like rice pudding and things that like your body isn't going to have to work really hard to digest, but it's going to take in the most nutrition that is possible. Mm. Um, And then another component is body work, being able to, like so many people are like, oh, having a massage is so luxurious. It's like, no, it's actually a necessity, (laughs) like especially postpartum because you're not moving a whole lot. And so being able to have somebody actively like move all your lymphatic system and your blood and everything in your body then your body's able to be like, okay, sweet. We don't have to worry about the rest of it. We're going to bring all this blood into your uterus and like really, you know, bring a lot of healing energy into that space. Um, And then the different healing practices, like the vaginal steaming that help with any sort of like sutures and things that you may have or tears. Um, Those herbs are, are very healing and pulling also tissue out of your uterus to help that process of cleansing after birth. I remember being so surprised by that. Like I'd never heard of that, the vaginal steaming, but for anyone listening that doesn't know what it was, it was this really cool, like ritual that Liza and I would do together. And she even would leave her little device for me to do when she wasn't there, like in between visits, but it's essentially this like chair kind of that has an opening and underneath is this like heater with a bowl with like 17 different herbs. Right. Mm-hmm. And you turn it on and the heat rises. And like you said, it helps like blood or tissues or anything kind of like coming out, especially in those like fresh postpartum days after, would this only be for someone that does a vaginal birth or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So vaginal birth, and then, um, you can do it after a C-section, but you need to wait until the scar is fully healed. So at least six weeks before you can do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's also a couple other things, like if the mom hemorrhaged, we want to be really careful because we don't want to reactivate, you know, any of that, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a really powerful thing. And the beautiful thing about that outside of all the healing things too, is it helps you to sleep, like doing it at night before you go to bed, you get, even if you're only sleeping for certain chunks, like you get a deep sleep and oftentimes you dream and it just like brings you into a deeper um, space in your body. Mm, I love that. I thought that was such a cool thing that we did together. I'd like never heard of that before. And then also another thing that we did towards the end of the 40 days, I think it was around 40 days. Mm -hmm. We did the bone closing ceremony. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So the bone closing ceremony, um, is typically done like right around the 40 day time period. And, and really it's like, um, symbolic of closing the woman's body. So you've given birth, you've been super open. You've been in this space of like spiritually being open and being with your baby. 
And now this process is actually like bringing you fully back into your body. And um, I love to do it with the partner. We tried <laughs> to have Wade um, be part of it. Cameron was like not going down for her nap. And yeah. that's real life though. Like that's just how it all goes. But if it's possible to do it with the partner, I love it because I do feel like symbolically, that's also like bringing you two back together. You know, you've had like a space away from your intimacy and things like that. And so bringing the mom back into her body and having the dad there is, is really beautiful. So the way that it goes is usually having the woman lay down on her back um, on the floor. And then I have this special woven wrap and um, I start at the head and I place the wrap underneath your head and then wrap over your eyes and everything. And then at the head, I just hold it, but then I work my way down the whole body. So then I'll wrap the shoulders and the way that we do it is I take one end and Wade would take the other end and we'd cross over the body and squeeze everything in really, really tight. And we hold it for a little bit and take breaths. And the intention while we're doing it too is just really honoring your body and the miraculous process that it's been through. And so going down each section, shoulders and then chest and ribs, bringing the ribs back in and the waist. And really the hips is the biggest um, and most important part because your hips do change, your pelvis opens and changes, you know, when you're giving birth. And so bringing it back in and drawing it back together is symbolic of like this birth is now closed mm. and this body's, you know, been so open and now we're bringing it back together, back to the center for Sandy. Mm -hmm. And then I worked my way down, you know, through the legs and then finally ending um, at the feet. And um, it's a really, for me, it's, I, I'm in prayer the whole time, just like really in awe of um, your body and how miraculous you are and what you've given, you know, during this time. And, I think that it it's a very deeply spiritual practice and so beautiful. And oftentimes it's a very emotional experience too, because you've, you've transitioned yourself like through this early postpartum time period. And sometimes it's a little bit sad because it's like, oh my gosh, my little newborn, I don't have like the little itty bitty baby anymore, but it's like also setting the stage for like transitioning into, you know, you're growing with each other now, you know, like you've made it through this really challenging time period. And now you get to like, kind of go to the next stage. And it's really, it's a beautiful process to see. That was one of my favorite things that we did, even though Wade was like in and out and it, it ended up being a lot of just you and me, I was like, it was very symbolic. And it was very like, I felt like a chapter was closing, like, okay, the hardest part I think is over. <laughs> like, I think I'm turning a page here and almost like graduating. Like it felt like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you can only get better from here. <laughs> totally. And, and a lot of it is like your body has done like the deepest healing that it needed to do after birth, you know, because I am a firm believer that we are postpartum forever. Like my kids are seven and nine and I'm still a postpartum mom, you know, like that six, that first 40 days is like the most crucial healing time, mm -hmm. but we're still in it for a really, really long time. Um, went to our mom, we're always, we're always in it because we're always changing and learning and understanding and, you know, figuring out what, what we need to do. And actually the, the bone closing ceremony is another beautiful thing to do after a miscarriage or after an abortion or after a birth and like just having that closure of that birth. And, um, 
some people do it in like a ceremonial way too. Like you could gather, you know, your, all of your girlfriends around and your girlfriends can, can do it on you and lots of flowers and, you know, you could do it in a really, really beautiful way. So, and so many of these practices are ancient. I mean, they, these go back to like Russia and Africa and Mexico. And I mean, there's a lot of cultures that have been doing it for a long time, like really honoring these mothers, which I love. I love bringing that forward. I love that you do that. It's so special. It's so unique. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many birth keepers, doulas, postpartum care. And, you know, I'm sure everyone has amazing things that they bring to the table, but I feel like there's something that you do that's just like so extra and so sacred. And, you know, reflecting on those early, like I remember after the bone closing ceremony, I was like, I think I'm ready to like go on my first walk. Like I think it was the next day or something. And I was like, this is like the most I've done. Like, it was like a huge deal that I was going on a walk and it was only like half a mile in my neighborhood, but I was like, what's on the agenda today. I'm going on a walk. Like it was like, (laughs) wow. Like it's just something so precious about those early days where you don't know what day it is. You don't know what time it is. (laughs) You're just like, literally all I'm doing is eating nourishing food, breastfeeding my baby, napping, maybe going on a walk, getting some sunshine. Like mm, it's such a precious time. And I just want to thank you for making that time in my life, especially with my first baby, just so precious and really like setting the tone for how I will be in all my postpartum days. And my intention for this is really like education. Like I want other moms and dads, any parents to hear this and know like, your postpartum journey can be whatever way you want it to be and take your time and go inward and just honor like whatever your gut and your intuition. Like I felt like there was so much tugging where I felt like I wanted to be the mom that was like a week postpartum and was like at the farm because I wanted to be like, I'm good. But I'm like, I I literally can't do that. And I was like, why do I want to do that? Just to impress other people? Like what I really want, what my, what I need on a soul level, like what my soul actually wants is to do absolutely nothing. And so my intention is that people hear this and know like it is okay to do absolutely nothing. That's actually like probably what, what we all should be doing. So it is what we all need, you know, and I think that we have such a hard time slowing down and being okay. Like there's so much guilt with like not doing anything, but really you are doing something. You are healing and you're sustaining life for your baby. Those are huge, you know? And it's like for us to be able to accept and like really honor that like that's that's what there is to be done in that first month and more. But like that first month is really like you said, it's like time to have just like a sacred time to to really be and to be cared for. Like how many women are like, no, I'm good, I got it. It's like, no, you're not good. Like you might just be saying that, but like you need support. Like you need other people to wrap their arms around you so that that way you can be good for a really long time. You know, like you may be feeling okay right now, but like there's going to be a break, you know? And if you're not like held in a time where you're kind of figuring out where to put the pieces back together, you're, you're not going to be whole and it's going to, it's going to show in another point in your life. And that's really for me, like, okay, how can we hold mothers in such a way that as you transition, you know, out of the first 40 days and like into the other aspects of your life and part of, you know, your parenthood journey that 
you can still go by feeling like you're connected to your center and then you can mother from that way and you can you know be a friend from that way you can be a sister from that way and you can be a wife from that way or whatever your relationship look like that like you're you're more in your center than you were even before you got pregnant because now you've gone down this path where you've been able to like find different parts of yourself and really honor like what that change has been and like we can come out of our postpartum time more powerful than we have gone gone in but it's just choosing the right practices for us and the right engagements for us to be able to do that I'm so thankful for you, Liza. I would love for people to know. So obviously you're based here in Orange County, California, and working with you in person is probably the most ideal way, but how can someone find you? How can someone get connected to you? Maybe share a little bit about that. Yeah. I, um, I kind of joke with my husband. I'm like, I'm so old school. It's just really like, you can get my number from somebody else. And that's like the best way, but I actually love it like that because I do feel that like Sandy, you get me. And so, and you even said like, I'm going to recommend someone that I know that will like connect and like get what they need to from Liza. And I think that you can kind of see those things from, you know, social media, but really like, I just want to have a phone call conversation to start with or meet in person, because I think that that's how we understand like, is our energy going to flow well together? Because that's the most important thing for me. But you can also find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Moon Cycle Healing. And I also, for those of you that live in other states and are interested in postpartum care, Innate Traditions is who I did my training through. And on the Innate Traditions website, you can find the practitioner Um page and there are practitioners all over the entire world. So I'm sure wherever you live, you'll be able to find somebody that is at least within kind of a closer distance um, than California, if you live elsewhere. And it's beautiful because everybody shows up in a way that like they feel their soul, you know, is here to serve and, and be with mothers. So you can find someone that you connect with on that level through that website. So good. Thank you so much for sharing. Liza, do you have anything else on your heart that you want to share? I just encourage all the moms to really choose themselves like during a postpartum time and choose people to surround them that are going to honor it being a mother-centered, mother-centered experience. Because when it's all about the baby, we have lots of feelings and we need to be seen and heard. And so as much as when you're pregnant, it is important to take like the birth education classes and everything, but do a lot of investigation also on postpartum because the birth is going to come and it's going to go how it's going to go, no matter if you're prepared or not. And, but no matter what, you're going to be a postpartum mom. Mm -hmm. And so being able to set yourself up for success and your family up for success is probably one of the biggest gifts that you can give yourself in your life. That's such a good ending point. Thank you for saying that. I definitely, if I could go back, I wish that I would have done more education beforehand when I was still pregnant on postpartum. I was so focused on birth period. Like that's it birth. Like I didn't even think about, I was just like, yeah, the baby will be here and we have all the things we need for the baby. I didn't even think about like my mental health part of it. And I really, really, really wish there was more of an emphasis on that. So I love that you ended on that. Yeah, Um, it's so important. And it's how we change 
our future. It's how we change the future of our children. It's how we change the future of how we all engage with each other. Like having health during this time is going to set our children up for greater health in their life and how they engage with others. And I mean, it's a whole snowball effect for like the health of our society. So good. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here, Liza. I adore you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so glad you came into my life and I just know you'll be a lifelong friend and thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. I love you. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. I had to stop. I haven't done this in a while. I've got to give an organic plug to Upstarter Pods. That's the podcast network we're on. My, our good friend, he's become a good friend. Chase Mitchell started it and he now manages and him and his team, I should say, Upstarter Pod manages a wide array of podcasts, focus on personal development, on, you know, helping people, getting the message out. And, you know, this show, Getting Magnetic, is produced by Upstarter Pods, a podcast. It's a production company. It's a management team. What they can do for you, they can launch your podcast, they can edit everything for you. That was huge for us. We just wanted to come on and record. They do all the background. They can manage the show, coach you through the entire process. That's been vital for us because Sandy and I knew we could come on and record and create content, but we didn't necessarily want to do everything else it takes, editing, you know, all the things, distribution, etc. So if you want to launch podcasts or need help managing your own that you have, go to upstarterpods.com or head to Instagram. They're at upstarterpods and you can set up a free call with Chase. He's the CEO. He's awesome. And see if it's a fit for you. Tell them we sent you and they'll, they'll treat you right. I promise.